the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. Connected. I'm your host, David Danto, and uh, this is going to be a real riotous show in terms of the prep we've been doing. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of fun. As you can hear, I still have a little bit of a cold coming back from Enterprise Connect 2019 as we record this. It's about a week after that. I have a, 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 a more guests than I've ever had on the show, and hopefully we're going to have a good one and get a conversation. And let me let each of them introduce themselves. Let's start uh, with Mr. Banting, because he's using last names because I've got more Tim's. Uh, let us know about your new role and where you are and uh, introduce yourself. Hi, David. Thank you very much. Yeah, my name is Tim Banting. I'm Principal Analyst at Ovum. I look at the Workspace Services, or I'm part of the Workspace Services team looking at UC and collaboration. Part of the uh, Informer Tech umbrella, um, we deliver research, um, analysis, insights, events and exhibitions. So Enterprise Connect is actually part of the Informer Tech brand. So uh, it's one of ours now. Really exciting. Great to have you. Thank you very much. And Mr. Albright, when I let you go and introduce yourself, what you do? Yes, sir. Uh, my name is Tim Albright. I uh, run an organization, a media organization called AV Nation that this podcast uh, is hosted on. Um, we cover the audiovisual industry, all sorts and facets of it, including commercial, digital signage, uh, marketing, UC, command and control, education, and, and all points in between. Terrific. Thank you, Tim. Uh, Mr. Dudley, Simon Dudley, introduce yourself, please. Good morning. Good afternoon, David. Uh, yes, Simon Dudley, uh, Logitech or, or Logical when I'm in Japan. And um, I've just been given analyst relations to run as well as sales enablement and evangelism and a whole bunch of other stuff at Logitech. So we're living in exciting times. A good friend of mine, but a new guest for our show, Mr. Herskowitz. Why don't you introduce yourself? Thanks, David. Great to join you guys today. I'm Mitch Herskowitz. I am the general manager for digital workplace at Dimension Data. So I market and take to market the uh, modern collaboration solutions that we both uh, uh, partner with some of the folks on this call, as well as uh, bundle together with solutions that we offer consulting, professional services, managed services for. Terrific. Thank you, Mitch. And everybody should know Mitch is having a couple of network problems today. That's why his audio is a little bit uh, tinny, but uh, we're going to take it because the content is better than the quality of the sound. Erwin um, Lazar, why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, I'm Erwin Lazar, Vice President and Service Director with a company called Nemertes Research. We spend our time going out and gathering information about how end user organizations are using emerging technologies. I've covered the collaboration space at Nemertes for about the last 12 years now. Thank you, Aaron. And, and last but not least, David Maldo, why don't you introduce yourself? Thanks. Uh, my name is David Maldo. I'm the founder and CEO of Let's Do Video, where we cover business communications and team productivity. Thank you, David. So we have two Davids and two Tims, but only one Simon, Mitch, and Irwin, so we kind of have to work on that for future uh, webcasts. And I, I do want to uh, address just for a moment to everybody something personal. Um, as, as many of you have probably heard, um, I've changed roles in the industry. I'm now um, going to be doing the, the, a lot of strategy and research with the, the new branded Poly Company. Um, but uh, the, the wonderful management there has said that they want me to maintain my relationship with Aviation TV and the Sound and Communications and, and uh, the IMCCA, so I'm going to do that. So you can absolutely count on the fact that I'm not going to be doing anything partisan and I'm not going to be bringing up any names or logos or any of the other products that we're making that most of the people on this call are using. So um, just keep that in the back of your mind. I actually like this hat. They had a blue version too at Enterprise Connect. But uh, anyway, so so let's talk about Enterprise Connect. Uh, most of us were there. Uh, we had a lot of things come up. Uh, the first thing that I wanted to talk about is uh, you know uh, Andrew Davis, who moderated one of the panels that I was on, brought up the idea that you know we didn't really think that AI was going to be a big part of the show when they were planning and suggesting panels. And as it turns out, AI was mentioned and brought up in almost every one of the sessions that I attended. Um, so, so to the extent of, of, of using machine, learn, lang, machine learning blah, and AI, um, what were your opinions of what came out of the show? And did you see that as one of the bigger themes that we're going to need to focus on? Guys, just step in and start talking and we'll figure I'd it out. I'd like to. Oh, here we go. So uh, I feel that AI doesn't stand for artificial intelligence. I feel it stands for artificially inflated. I think there's far too many, um, too many people talking about it and uh, the other um, part of AI is actionable insights. I don't think we're getting any actionable insights as a result of um, artificial intelligence in the enterprise communication space. Maybe AI is being used to some extent, well, it is being used uh, to, a, to a great extent in uh, contact center and customer journey 
with chatbots and agent assist, um, but I can't see anything in terms of real productivity benefit in, um, in the enterprise. I know on a number of keynote speeches we saw um, early, early, early parts of that. Microsoft didn't make the link with cognitive services uh, underpinning Microsoft Teams' ability to do language translation or real-time captioning, etc. Um, there was Cisco's keynote where they showed some things where it used facial recognition and counting the number of people in the room. But by and large, I don't really see having chatbots in a team collaboration session trying to work out you know, people's calendar and finding spots in their calendar as really being AI. So I think we're probably on the fringes at the moment with perhaps two companies taking some, some great um, leads there. I, I would but, agree. I would agree with Tim. Um, I'll let you jump in a minute, Owen. Um, it's interesting to me, like just as an example, Logitech and lots of other people, I think, are using AI in, in its broadest sense to do certain things now. So we do framing of people in, in calls. When you actually talk to a kind of a real artificial intelligence researcher and you say, oh, we're doing framing of people and that's AI, they're kind of laughing at you. It's like saying we do computing and we've got a TI-83 calculator. I mean, it's a useful tool, but it, the trouble with AI is I feel it's a bit like, well, the way my mother thinks about computers when I say to her, well, what does cousin whatever do? And they say, oh, they're in computers. I said, well, what does that mean? Well, they type on a computer. That, that isn't the same thing as being in computers, mum. And I think artificial intelligence is such a broad term now. It can be something useful, but, but relatively small scale from an AI point of view, like framing people in a call. Or it can be something enormous like being a chatbot and pretending you're a human being. Um, and interesting enough, we're actually doing that for internal use as well. It's not a product we make. So I think it's okay. such a broad topic. I think it's sort of almost meaningless at this point. All right, yeah, any I, other Sure, I, I think it's one of those things where, like uh, Tim said, it, you have to have AI in your marketing literature to some, I guess, to be relevant right now. All the vendors are trying to stake out a competitive differentiation that we're doing AI, we've got something related to it. Uh, in our research going out and talking to enterprises, I think they are interested. They're not willing to spend money yet, and, and they may not be able to based on, on what's really available. The one thing that has we found in our research that IT buyers, their ears really perk up at when, when we talk to them about AI is the real-time language translation. You've seen that now from a couple of the vendors where if I'm speaking with somebody who speaks a different language, for me, there's an AI engine that can do real-time translation and hopefully have a pretty decent shot of, of getting the translation right to so that we can engage in a conversation. So I do think we are in the early days. Obviously, yeah, it's a trade show. You're gonna see a lot of vendors trying to hype with what they're doing, but I think there are some real value propositions that you begin to see flesh out over the next year or two. Yep. I think part of it is we've reached a point where it's harder to find differentiators because video conferencing works and it's good. It used to be our, our differentiator was, you know, if you use our video conferencing solution, your meeting will start on time. It will actually work. It, it'll have high definition. The audio will be good. Now video conferencing, a lot of our cloud vendors have good video conferencing, so they need other differentiators. So they're looking for features like real-time transcription of, of, um, of voice or, or um, the Cisco thing where it gives you a little LinkedIn summary of the people that you're talking to. Now, some of it might be just, hey, we got to stand out and be different, but it turns out these things are, I like them, they're cool. I don't think they're just doing them for marketing hype. I think they're useful and will help in meetings. Well, David, I'm, I'm gonna challenge that just for a second, and, and it also leads to our other topic in that, um, you know, meetings just work now isn't really true unless you're in a siloed environment. Um, if, if you happen to be, you know, using just one cloud or one vendor or one participant and just their gear and you want to make a meeting work, it's fine. But I heard in, in session after session in Enterprise Connect, end users are still coming back and saying the stuff is too hard. We want it to just work. It's not frictionless. And I think that's coming from the fact um, part of it is the lack of interoperability, but part of it is the lack of ability to walk into a room and just start your meeting if the meeting you happen to be starting isn't on the service that the enterprise has selected. So one of the things that I think AI will be able to do in the very near future is the idea that you can, um, uh, you know, if I handed you my phone, my iPhone, and unlocked it so you could look at my calendar, you saw on my calendar there was a Blue Jeans meeting invitation at 1 o'clock, and then there was a Zoom meeting invitation at 2 o'clock, and then there was a Teams invitation at 3 o'clock. You're smart enough to look at that and say, oh, well, for Blue Jeans I have to do this thing, but for Zoom I have to do this, and for Teams I have to do that. 
that's what we could really use AI for in the collaboration spaces. Can you scrape that information so that I don't have to figure out where do I need a bridge, what's my pin number, things like that. Um, I think that, that we're on the cusp of needing that because a lot of people were still asking to make the meetings less frictionless, uh, uh, more frictionless, less friction. Do you, so, you guys agree with that? Well, here's the thing, uh, that, that right there is the definition of unified communications, right? That That is the seamless part, that is, that is the holy grail. That is something that AI, as well as um, facial recognition also can can play a part because here's the thing, if, if and I came from, from education 100 years ago, we were talking 15 years ago about using RFIDs and, and, and key cards to give to professors who, so when they walked into their classroom for that session, the system would start up, it was seamless, it was frictionless, this, that, and the other. Now they're, they're, the facial recognition has gotten to the point where, where if, I, and if I walk into a room and Simon walks into a room and it's Simon's room, Simon's the one who, who scheduled that meeting, the system won't start up until he is physically in that room and then the system should be able to access his calendar and say, okay, well, this is a Blue Jeans meeting and, or, or this is a Teams meeting and then access the proper components, the proper connections and start the system. That is unified communications, right? Yeah, can I say something? And I something agree, here? and I, I think that that. Oops, sorry, Sam. So I know, Mitch, go. I was just going to say, you know, so I think that's the piece of the AI, of the AI conversation that that troubles me is part of us are talking about AI is making the technology better. And to your point, isn't that the value of unified communication? Shouldn't we be doing that? Whether we're using AI in the background as part of the architecture, that's fine. But that's not really the selling point. I think where Tim was going earlier around the cognitive conversation, that's really the AI. I think is of value to the boardroom when we can start to take a look at actually making those meetings better, making the information coming from those meetings more valuable because it, uh, it now has a way to work in the next meeting. So I've learned something that's profiles that have gained. There's an interaction. There's a way we like to work. All of that information being gathered, saved, knowledge-based, whatever you like, and then used for future meetings or follow-ups or things like that. So I, I'm concerned a little bit that the AI is being used for, for the technology that that we as, as integrators, as vendors, as manufacturers should be doing in the background to make it better, to make it more unified, but we're losing sight of that cognitive side, which is really why people are looking at AI to begin with is, how do we help me do my job better? Yeah, and I think to kind of wrap up, Dave, you, I think, David, you hit on a great point, which is the, the disconnect. The vendors, they want to leverage AI to improve their products. Makes sense. You know, if I'm Cisco, I want AI that only works in the Cisco environment, so I get you to buy the Cisco services. Well, we're hearing the, the vendor, the vendor, I'm sorry, the enterprise user saying is that they want that power to be able to walk into a meeting room and say, I'm doing a Zoom meeting now, then a BlueJeans meeting, then a GoTo, then a WebEx, then a Microsoft meeting, and how do I make that as easy as possible? And I haven't really seen anyone adopt it, you know, attacking that from an AI perspective. I've talked to a number of the endpoint vendors that are looking at embedding capabilities into their control panels that would give the user the ability to click a button and say, okay, now you're going to join a, a BlueJeans meeting, go ahead and enter your number and, and join. And they at least have the intelligence wired into the back end to know how to connect to that service. Well, can I, I, I just finish, okay. Dave, can I just finish and say, my, we talked about AI here, right? And uh, let's be honest, Using the words AI in everything we've said, and I agree with everything people have said here so far, all about these different applications, using the word AI as part of that conversation, whether it's facial recognition or framing or room booking or working out what app to use, using the word AI added nothing to the conversation. No one learned anything more about it. So what we really should talk about is what these applications achieve, not in theory what they are. It's a buzzword in the same way that 10 years ago, the world was all about high definition. I, I, I'll tell you a, a funny story. I just had a new roof added to my house yesterday, and the chap who added the, put the new roof on my house said to me, oh, it's a high definition roof. And I just stared at him, and I thought, well, I'm not going to hit him because he's bigger than me. But it, it added nothing to the conversation. I would argue that AI, as a, as a turn of phrase, isn't useful. The applications yeah, are the bit that matters. It's a bit like WebRTC, isn't it? People, it was all about WebRTC, my word, how many sessions do we have at that, of, on that topic at uh, Enterprise Connect? What it really led to, as Simon's alluding to, is, is better um, experiences joining through a browser without having to download just knows how many applications as we all switch between these conference calls. Okay, I'm, I'm going to get back to WebRTC because I think that's an important point of, uh, of, of talking about that just for a second. But I, I definitely want to take off on Erwin's point for a second and talk a little bit about um, uh, what we were going over with uh, the, the concept of uh, 
end users, corporate users, uh, really want their organization to be able to join a meeting, whatever it is, because they've acknowledged that there are going to be multiple providers and they're trying to get rid of that friction. And many of the manufacturers have talked about, you know, their product is going to work their way and maybe they've created it interoperable, but you have to use their systems or their preferred products. Maybe haven't. What I heard at Enterprise Connect session after session after session was people coming out and saying one size does not fit all. Manufacturer, vendor, do not make me use your product if your product only works with your product. Make me, give me the ability to be able to use all these various platforms and vendors. Stop trying to give me these one-size-fits-all solutions because that's not where we're going. Um, and I haven't seen a lot of the manufacturers pick up that theme. Do you guys have any uh, feelings about what you heard and what you saw and whether or not the end users are finally going to get that nirvana around interop? I, I, I have a story. It's actually from, from last year's um, 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 uh, event, but it was there was a panel where high-level execs from all of the cloud vendors were up there. There must have been 15 of them. Um, and one hardware guy, Scott Wharton, Simon, Simon's boss, representing the, the hardware side of it, and all these cloud vendors. And I got up and I said, look, you know, when we, when we use our phone, I don't care if I'm calling Sprint or Verizon or AT&T, everyone has a phone number. All the companies agree they're going to understand each other's phone numbers, and they're going to work together. Why can't you do that with cloud? Whether I'm on Zoom or BlueJeans or Teams or, or Skype or whatever, I have my thing, my number, and I call you and I, and I answer. You people sitting on this panel can do it. Right now, you can shake hands and agree to do it. And they all started explaining why it wouldn't work, it wouldn't work. And finally, uh, Scott, Simon's boss, Scott, ended the conversation. He looked at me, he goes, David, they're not going to do it. Give up the dream. They're not going to do it. <laughs> and yeah, that's the reality. I, I, I would argue, right, so I would argue two points. One, you can, let's look at instant messenger as a, as a widely available application that millions, billions of people use every day. There are applications, I think Trillium was one of them, that allowed you to be the kind of the one ring to rule them all, and you could run all your instant messengers from IRQ to uh, Yahoo to Skype to all the, well, not Skype, but all these others in it. And you know what? Almost zero people use it, because what they want is all the other file or all the other stuff that goes with using you know, whatever, WeChat or, or, um, or, you know, Google Hangouts or whatever the other applications are. And what the users end up doing is just downloading the one that's useful to them. Now, is it perfect? No. But the other argument is, is that let's all go to a standard. Well, let's be honest, the video conferencing industry tried standards, whatever that meant, for 25 years. And I would argue that it was one of the reasons that held back the industry. Now, I've got no dog in this fight, right? At the end of the day, Logitech product works with whatever application that people want to use. So, but I would argue that this idea that we're heading towards a single app and a, some sort of nirvana, I just don't think it's realistic. Well, you know, so I, I, I'm, I'm going to pick up on what you said just for a second, um, because, you know, standards are always fabulous in the first person. My standard. My standard is the right thing to use. Standards in the third person, their standards never work for anybody else. And that's the unfortunate situation. And, and, and Tim, you, you had started talking about WebRTC. We had had WebRTC as this hype storm a few years ago that it was going to be the solution for everything. But then some people opted in and some firms didn't opt in and some firms wanted to use their version of WebRTC. Now it's coming around again saying, oh, yeah, our, our standard is going to be WebRTC. We're giving up all this stuff. You know what? Until everybody's on a single standard and it works, it's not a standard, um, and I think WebRTC is still a hype storm around that. We've got a point yeah. now where everybody's kind of agreed to what it should be, but it still isn't fully implemented. But we still because have Dave, he gave, it gives you lowest common denominator, right? Um, Mr. Maldo said, you know, you, you, everyone has a phone number. Sure, yeah. but the phone is the worst possible experience. So it's if you want the lowest common denominator, not even the highest common, but the lowest common between all of them, then sure, you can have that. But who let me, wants let me, that? Let, can I play devil's advocate for a second here and, and to David Maldo's point? Haven't we at least moved that bar? And, and think about it, because Simon used to work for a, a video conference system. Um, think back 15 years ago, maybe even 20 years ago. None of them worked together. You could not get there from here. You could not connect a Tanberg to a Polycom system. It was not possible. Or if it was possible, it took a lot of, of hoop jumping. That bar has at least moved a little bit to where you can now 
connect. You can you know, one conference room system can be using um, uh, a poly system, and uh, what you know, and the other conference room can be using you know a, a Cisco system. So we've at least moved the ball that far to where it is possible to have two separate, complete hardware systems. And what, what David's talking about a little bit is also the soft codec system. But we've at least moved the ball to where hardware can now at least connect to each other. Have we not? You're right. Yeah, so you're right. Have, but that's not the bit that matters. It's the okay. can I do a Zoom call from my from my Teams environment? That's what I would argue. I, I think well, it's what, even what? different. It, at least thinking about the room systems is that you know we we you know David Valdo, uh, you did the session at, on Thursday morning where you talked about software based endpoints and the idea that you now have computing power in, in most of your conference rooms as you move to more of a software based endpoint. So if I've got a computer in that room, but that computer only runs one vendor's client that is locked down to run, that's not really buying me anything. You know, the, the ideal would be I walk in and that touchpad has Zoom and BlueJeans and lot and go to and so on and, and all of the different clients and I just click a button and run that client. Actually, that, that's hearing? a question for, for Simon. Simon, yeah, uh, and, Logitech has a new tap. I know that right. it works with Skype, and I know that it works with, I think, Zoom and with BlueJeans. Do I have to buy one version of each, or can I walk into a room and switch between them? Is is the tap, when I buy a tap, do my, am I buying a Zoom tap, or am I buying a all You're buying a tap. Okay, a so we are getting there. A tap is a display. That... Now, what you can't do today, so we do it with, uh, I'm trying not, I won't make this an advert for us, but we but it we is what we're talking with... about, a device that sure. can do different things in, but in we one do room. It. Yeah, we do it with Google, Microsoft, and Zoom today. We'll do it with more later. It's a single device. Um, you will need a different build for a room solution of each of those on the PC, but that's just a simple software, uh, you know, build. You can run a different and, application. And, you know, if I were to stick on, you know, uh, my poly hat just for a second, um, um, and I'm going to put it on so you guys know when, what the difference is, um, I believe, we believe the market needs what you guys were just asking for. We believe the market needs... Um, a device that you can walk into the room, press a button that you don't need a new build, that you don't need a new codec, that you didn't need to know that, that oh, you know, I'm on a Teams call, so I have to use PC compute versus I'm on somebody else, so I need a different build. We believe you want to walk in, press the button and go, which is why we believe that some of these things shouldn't be running on compute, which has democratized the industry and lowered costs and it's terrific. We believe these things should be running on chipsets, possibly Android chipsets, so you can walk in and have the menu that Erwin just specifically asked for. Now, is that in the market yet? No, but is that in our thinking? Absolutely. That's the direction we want to see. We want to provide a codec that works like a phone. So you pick it up and you call and it doesn't matter what exchange or what, what, what interop or whatever else it is. You just pick it up and dial and it works. That's what we're shooting for. Well, tying everything all together, there's, um, if you look at Microsoft Teams, for example, they team up with, Poly, uh, sorry, with um, Pepsit, BlueJeans and others to provide MCU and, uh, and mixing in the cloud. Could you imagine if, if Microsoft said, we'll, we'll take anybody's conferencing client, we'll give you real-time captioning, we'll use all the cognitive capabilities of Azure, that would be, that'd be phenomenal. You know, just any, any device, any client, a conferencing service where you can have anyone to connect to without the added expense of having to go out to a third party to buy another, another service. It's, it's, well, a, that, it's, a whole, that, it's a horrible mess at the moment, isn't it? It's, that, I'm not sure who's got the right solution. Is, is vendors in the space are still maintaining their proprietary capabilities. They're claiming that they have interoperability, but in order to have interoperability, you have to use this third-party service or have to use this specific set of tools. And they're doing that because they say, and legitimately, that if we don't do that, we're not going to maintain the quality of the calls on our system. Um, historically in the industry, if you think back to when telepresence with a big P came out from Cisco, you know, that was their exact same thing is we're not going to allow you to connect to some of these other systems because if you connect to these systems, it reduces the quality. Well, guess what? If you have a call with 18 people and 17 of them are on high quality systems and one is your CEO on a boat or on an airplane, you don't care what the connection quality is like. You want to hear what he has to say. You want that call to come in and connect. So, you know, it's a market strategy. I understand it. I appreciate it. Um, I, I still think the future of the industry is going to be simple systems on desktops and in rooms that you can go into that some AI bot will say, oh, look, we're doing a Teams call now. You know what? In order to do a Teams call, we need to invoke Pexip. We're going to do that in the background, or we need to invoke this other engine. We're going to do that for you. Here's your start button. Go. It doesn't matter what your service is. That's what we should be providing as hardware and software to the industry.
Yeah, oh, you got it. I'm ready. Everyone's violent agreement. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's everyone's not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to say no to that. <laughs> okay. So so let me change the topic then. Let's talk about um, one of the other um, um, elephants in the room, gorillas in the room, whatever you want to call it. At Enterprise Connect 2017, which most of us, I'm sorry, 2018, which most of us were at, you couldn't spit without somebody talking about their team chat application. Um, you know, and I'm talking about persistent, ongoing chat. You had, you know, Slack was on stage in their, in their shorts, boxer shorts, talking about what a great company they were. You had Facebook up there talking about Teams. You had Microsoft. You had Cisco. You had every vendor talking about their team chat application. And other than Microsoft, who, by the way, had the best keynote at the show, um, in my opinion anyway, um, talking about what their product, which is calls team, called Teams, does in the persistent team chat space. So I'm separating the two. Other than that, nobody really even talked about it this year. Um, that was my impression that I think it was a fad. I still think it's a great tool when you have a small team. And David Maldo, you and I have talked about this multiple times. But am I am I correct in assuming that the that the the, the fad piece of it just wasn't there this year, and that the hype storm? Wow. Oh, yeah. I don't, you know. I don't know if it was that or wasn't the fad it. was there oh. this year, David. Because um, because I took a different tack when I walked into the to, to the show. I felt like I was back at VoiceCon. There was regard. Platform aside, there was all the voice platform. I saw Fuse and I saw Ring Central and I saw 8x8, and it seemed like voice was back. And that was just the focus this year. It was almost as if Enterprise Connect had a new theme. So I'm not convinced that the fad is gone. You know, you could almost say it's it's no longer uh, needed to be on this on the main stage because everybody's using some form of team collaboration. That's one other yeah. way to, to to debate that conversation. And I was looking at all these new voice providers, and that's some of them weren't so new. I shouldn't say it that way, but but they were getting front stage and they were taking over that floor. And you actually had to walk back to see some of the endpoints, and you had to walk back to see some of the other providers. Um, I don't know if I saw it the same way. Well, I still think team collaboration is very relevant for the enterprise. Go ahead. Well, Mitch, Mitch, you use the term voice. Now, yeah. now voice con was telephony. And look at the vendors, the, the traditional telephony vendors that weren't there. Unify weren't there. Actual Lucent Enterprises weren't there. There was Mitel there and there are others. But I would almost feel that team collaboration is the new platform. And I nearly feel, I, I sort of really feel that the battle lines have been drawn between, you know, it's a platform's choice now. And Team collaboration is about replatforming. The PBX is no longer the platform. It's not the platform for productivity, and it never really has been. And all of these cognitive and, and AI capabilities, you need the processing power from the cloud to be able to power all of this new technology and this new, you know, this, these new ways of working. So I'd almost feel that I don't feel like it's. Uh, I, I feel like the, the platform has been decided. Um, I don't really feel that it's about telephony anymore. However, one point to note is that all the, all, the, all the team collaboration platforms are adding telephony features and functions to their products. You know, Cisco with WebEx calling, for example. Uh, Microsoft Teams, you know, adding capabilities that they had in Skype for business, uh, but, but they're, they're sort of deprecating that or, or not putting any R&D in that, and they, they pin their colors to the wall with, you know, the future is Teams. I, I feel that the, the platform is team collaboration, whatever you want to call it, and it's not telephony anymore. Um, I don't know. I'd, agree, I'd agree with you, Tim. I mean, I think that I think what's happening is that. But well, firstly, I find it funny that Microsoft, for years, have been telling the world, "Oh, we're not doing telephony. We're not doing telephony." And and the thing that was amazing about that was that other people believed them when they said they weren't doing it, when they patently were, um, and they kind of pulled the. They pulled the covers off in the last six months or so, maybe a year, and said, oh, actually, we are doing telephony. But what's happening to me is that all these things are, whether it's video, whether it's persistent chat, whether it's file sharing, whether it's webinar technology, whether it's telephony, they're all applications as part of a bigger workflow. And they're not separate things anymore. So what everybody appears to be doing is trying to fill in the gaps to make certain that they have the full offering rather than we are just a single player. Zoom would be a great example, right? They've got a wildly successful video product and, oh, look, they're now getting into the audio world. Uh, not particularly surprising, but obviously a very clever move for them because they're looking at partners of theirs like Ring Central, who are probably doing very well in audio. What's interesting there is that people like Ring Central is a good example, I'm sure, are looking at the Zoom video platform going, oh, no, that's become our competitor. They now need to go and create their own. So it seems to me that everyone's filling in all the gaps 
because no one can have a, a flank that they can be attacked on. Yeah, I, I think you, you you nail it, Simon. And that you're when you think of the platform now, it's that unified communication as a service platform that includes telephony, meetings, video, uh, and and messaging. And and all of the vendors have a have a team collaboration messaging client. They've mostly moved to making that the replacement for the soft phone. I think among the bigger vendors, you know, certainly Cisco seems to have taken a little bit of a step back and said, hey, we've got you know I don't know 93 million uh, endpoints on prem that we aren't quite ready to tell them throw that out and move to, to WebEx Teams. So how do we integrate with it and deliver the WebEx Teams messaging into that environment? And saw similar messaging for Microsoft that we're going to allow the, the uh, Microsoft Teams application to better integrate with that large installed base of Skype for Business. Uh, so I think the other part I thought that was really interesting was almost the, when you go back to 18 and 17, it was, we're going to go with one vendor. Which one are we going to pick? Will it be Cisco? Will it be Microsoft? Will it be Slack? This year it was, we're going to have more than one vendor. And, and even talking to customers of, of different products, they would say, you know, the idea that we're going to get rid of, say, Slack as an example and go all to Microsoft, that's not going to happen. So how do we make them play together? And you saw companies like Neo and Nextplane and, and uh, I think there's uh, uh, same room from uh, 8x8 are trying to figure out how do we build that federation between the different applications? Yeah, you know what? So, uh, sorry, Tim, I just want to say one thing about Erwin. Uh, it's funny, I remember back in the early 1990s, and everyone then told us that Compaq, Novell Network, and WordPerfect were going to win. And one of them owned the operating system, and one owned the network, and one owned the, uh, the word processor that everybody used. And what happened was that it was so obvious until someone changed the rules. So this sort of idea that we're all moving to a single nirvana in the future is, is ultimately nonsense. There's no nirvana. The success criteria keep changing. The players will keep changing. And, and personally, I'm really happy about that because it's a lot more interesting than simply marching to one perfect environment. Utopia is always, by its nature, unattainable. Yeah, I mentioned okay, in the back lockdown. Back to the question so, about oh, – I want to get back it, to the chat. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead yeah. I was going to say, I mentioned the lock note. It's a great time to be a buyer. This is no longer the Cisco versus Microsoft debate that seemed to dominate Enterprise Connect for so many years. Um, so um, back to the chat thing. Um, I, every booth I went to, we just mentioned a bunch of telephony, uh, t telephony vendors. Every one of them showed me their team chat application. You know, all these companies, what you guys are saying is right. They want to say, um, oh, you, you use us for audio? Well, use us for video, use us for chat, use us for everything. We can add video. We'll buy a video company. We'll invent video. We'll, you know, chat, video, audio, get it all from us. Whether they're a video company, an audio company, or a chat company, they're all trying to auto offer everything. But every one of them, chat now is team chat. Uh, there are exceptions. Jabber just got a gazillion more users in the last year for some reason. Um, and that's a traditional UC, which is person-based, not project-based, team-based. Every booth I went to was showing me their team chat application. Maybe there wasn't as much discussion as hype because it is kind of accepted. But there was a whole uh, track of sessions about team chat. So there's definitely a lot of buzz and a lot of interest. And it's it's not just Microsoft leading. It's 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 every cloud vendor out there. Although Microsoft is leading. Um, I mean they they are pushing Teams so hard. Every partner is like Teams integration. We have it. We have it. We have it. Um, so. You could say maybe they're not pushing the teams in teams. There's other aspects of teams. There's traditional video or whatever. But I definitely think it was – it didn't feel fad anymore. I agree with you there. It didn't feel like a fad hype discussion. It, but it was definitely still part of the discussion. Okay. So I'll, I'll take your comments in that I might be a little bit off base in terms of how I perceived it other than the, the fad thing you just talked about. But it is interesting listening to both of you talk, uh, uh, David and Erwin. Erwin, you're, you're explaining how all the end users are saying we're not going to pick one product anymore because one size doesn't fit all. And David, you're saying, well, the vendors are saying pick my product because it fits all of your needs. You know, clearly there's a disconnect. That's a problem. It's interesting, though, David, just to finish that, right, I read a statistic the other day, and it was written by an analyst, right, so, you know, who knows if they're right or not, but some analysts were claiming... Hey, hey, hey. You're in charge of analysts. <laughs> Careful, Simon, well, don't shoot yourself in the foot. <laughs> not at all, but we all know it's a prediction, right, this is a, it's a prediction of the future, and we all know about those things are hard to predict, particularly about the future. Um, someone was claiming, or some analysts reckon that within... Two years, by the end of 2020, 41% of the U.S. businesses uh, above, I think, 50 people will be running Microsoft Teams. 
Now, well. whether that statistic is true or not, I don't know. But already, it's the fastest growing product in Microsoft's history. They tout that publicly. Uh, it's growing like gangbusters. There's a lot of demand for it. Now, you could say it comes with Office 365, but that's that's always been Microsoft's model to to use a Trojan horse to get it in. People need Office. They use Office 365. Teams comes with it in some form or fashion. Uh, so I think that this stuff's going to become very important because Microsoft and others are going to spend a lot of money making certain it's very important. Okay, we'll let that be the last word on the on the team piece. And I'm going to ask all of you to to take out your your, your Olympic judging cards. Your you know from your zero to to perfect tens here, um, purely as critics, without um, having any kind of commentary on the quality of the company or the product. But we're talking about the keynotes that happened this year. Um, I'll, I'll start with the, I believe, as I said before, the Microsoft keynote was probably the best one there. Um, it, 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 it hit all the points that a good keynote should. It talked about the platform. It showed improvements working. It had a couple of reveals on stage of technology. The, and, and, and having said that they were the clear winner of the keynote this year, um, I'll, 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 I'll add that one comment in that what the heck was going on with the fog machine at the beginning? That was, <laughs> that was a wacky choice for them that to have them come on. Because I heard comments like, well, look, there's the smoke. Where are the mirrors? Um, or the rest of that. Um, you know, Cisco's keynote, while this was the first time Amy Chang was on the stage, um, it was a very solid performance. I heard a lot of people talk about the quality she was, uh, you know, from the company that, that, that Cisco had bought that she had come from um, and how, how that AI was working. I also heard a lot of people talk about it being slick, and the analysts had seen a lot of those presentations, a lot of those videos um, uh, at prior events this year. And in fact, the demonstration that she showed um, on stage of, of facial recognition and the names underneath it was something that was actually shown um, at Enterprise Connect by uh, by Jens Meggers um, two years ago. So uh, I was a little disappointed that there was nothing new and there wasn't a lot of um, 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 uh, substance underneath the surface. And then a lot of the other keynotes, in my mind, were interesting, but they didn't really hit the mark of that that bellwether that Microsoft did, which is here's our platform, here's what we think you should use, here's how it works, here are some cool new features. That's just kind of my take on the winners. I, I'd be very, very curious what you guys think uh, were Ooh. the best and worst aspects. I'd love to go first with that one then, David. Um, yeah, I thought the theatrics were, it, it felt contrived, and I felt that Microsoft should have used that time, perhaps 10 minutes, to um, have a little bit more structure around it. There were so many features being thrown in there. You know, there was, you know, two years ago, it was back, sorry, a year ago, it was background blur. This time, it's I can change the background so I can be on a beach or I can be, you know, give the impression I'm on, on, in my office. There were there was so much there, intelligent proximity, so you can go up to a device and uh, it knows who you are, and you can authenticate into a meeting into a uh, a room system. That there was oodles of stuff there, and it was, it's a lot to take on board, a lot for the audience to take away. Um, you know, Microsoft laid out their stall, their, their vision for intelligent communications two years ago. This was their, uh, you know, th this was their sort of second birthday at Enterprise Connect. I really felt that this was um, Amy Chang's sort of first sort of big public event that she 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 did at Enterprise Connect. It, she laid out the stall for um, cognitive communications. I felt that that was very well received and and, and very interesting. It really felt that. Um, I felt Amy was a little more natural. I felt uh, Laurie's presentation was a little more contrived. Amy's was very focused on laying out the strategy. Um, Laurie's was around, look at all these wonderful new features. And to be honest, those features are great, um, but I heard a lot of IT managers saying, oh great, you know, more change control, more stuff that I have to tell the users, you know, it's coming, you know, in a week's time, a month's time, more training that I have to deliver. So there's, you know, there were two keynotes, very good. Uh, one more contrived, one more natural, one laying out a strategy, one showing you more and more features that are coming down the line. Um, I, I, I give them both an eight out of 10. It's interesting, Tim, because we kind of perceived it almost the exact opposite. Um, but but that, anyway, <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, just, just one thing to point out is that Amy Chang, it was the first Enterprise Connect presentation from Cisco, where within the first 15 minutes, there wasn't a device, a new device being announced. She was she was talking about strategy and software. And then, you know, conversely with Microsoft, you know, within a few, within a few minutes after the smoke, you know, here's a device. So it almost felt like the presentations had switched. So I'll jump in with just two things that really struck me in the keynotes. First was Walmart's 
use of analytics for being able to tell people, hey, you should be using this application. This would make your life easier. Uh, all of your coworkers are using it. Or, you know, I've noticed you've installed this application. We are paying for it and you're not using it. So go ahead and delete it and we can recover the license. And I thought those were some really interesting analytical ones. The sneaky uh, bit of news that really flew under the radar that I think if I, as we talk to our uh, large enterprise clients that is going to potentially really disrupt the industry was Amazon announcing a SIP trunking service, the uh, Chime voice connector for organizations that are currently directly connected to AWS, and that's most of the large companies in the world now. You can now send your calls to Amazon, and they're going to give you a rate of that's likely to be significantly lower than you know what you're getting from a Verizon and AT&T, CenturyLink, et cetera. Uh, limited availability, limited set of features right now, no support for 911, for example. But that's something to watch. Um, that's going to be interesting. That's back to what I said before. I said voice, you said telephony, right? We're, we're talking about calling. It's, it seems like right. voice over IP again. Um, I had similar views, David, to you. Um, I thought Microsoft did a really good job with their demo. And because there's no one size fits all, they all kind of went at it a little bit differently. I thought Microsoft, it was the full menu. And uh, I forget who just said it, but, you know, they showed a little bit too much, it seemed at times. Um, all, all the, the fancy features with the blurring of the background, now bringing a green screen feature, you know, they just show it a lot in a short time. I thought Cisco, I thought Amy was really there to rebrand herself, uh, or rebrand Cisco and introduce herself, especially having Rowan on the stage prior to that. Um, it was interesting to see that, um, that, 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 that balance there. And I thought she did a really good job of showing where Cisco is actually going and did a really good job of using the stage as, as an advertisement. Walmart was the one that was really interesting to me. I'm curious to see if maybe we'll see more of that at Enterprise Connect moving forward, showing how these large enterprises are transforming, how they're using the technologies. They were branding themselves as a technology company. I would personally, you know, as both a consumer and as an integrator, like to see more of that on the stage and maybe save the demos for, for, for breakouts and, uh, and, and whisper suites. Okay, good point. Anyone else? Well, I'm going to give you guys a kind of a different perspective because I did not attend Enterprise Connect. So from the, the person you're watching the press and, and, and watching the, the social media, um, my, my favorite, actually, uh, to, to David's point, a little bit opposite of what Tim, I didn't get the contriveness, Tim, from, from Lori Wright's uh, presentation simply because I wasn't there, right? So all we got was the, the information, and I thought the information coming out of Microsoft was incredibly, um, it, it was a step forward for them. And I think it was it was at least well reported. So we didn't get the you know we we got mention of the smoke, but there was no you know it it was it didn't seem at least from the, the reporting that we saw from from you know several people that it was the the presentation was effective. Uh, and the other one that that piqued my interest uh, to Mitchell's point is the fact that Mike, that that Walmart is now positioning themselves as a te technology company. Right, this is a global leader in retail uh, who is seeing the the opportunity and seeing the necessity to pivot themselves as a technology company when they have been, you know, a brick and mortar um, retailer for, for over, you know, 30, 40, 50 years, they're seeing that need and they're seeing uh, these tools as, as a way to do that. Well, we had a subsequent conversation with, uh, with Case Murphy at Walmart, um, and he was talking about their numbers of users for their, uh, uh, their, their uh, um, intelligence workers, their, their, their desktop IT, associates, professionals, the scale of what they do is off the charts. I don't think there's a, there, there's a company that can compete with needing to do it. And he's actually authoring an article for us for uh, the next uh, ITAV report, which I edit, which will uh, be available in May and uh, will be available as a handout at Infocom. But uh, they're, they're working with a data lake to create a lot of this information. I didn't find the keynote as, as um, um, enthralling as apparently you guys did, because I'm, I'm really interested in, in keynotes being descriptive and saying, here's what you can do, and here's how we did it, and, and here's the results, and here's what worked, and here's what didn't. I found uh, a lot of the other keynotes to simply be a conversation about, well, we're kind of generally doing these things, and we're kind of generally getting good features from them. Might have been interesting, but I don't really think that belongs in a keynote. That would probably be better in a case study session, in my opinion. So, so you know what? Go ahead. Jim. Sorry, David. I was just going to say, um, to Microsoft's credit, though, that their their pace of adding features and functionality is, is huge. The other thing I, I I wanted to draw people's attention to was, of course, that Cisco WebEx calling, although it was, a, it was announced and presented in the theatre in in the um, in, on the on the on the trade floor, you know, WebEx calling didn't focus in the Cisco keynote. Amy did really 
speak very confidently about the, the company, a company that she was, you know, she was, um, she, she got in through acquisition and, uh, and became, uh, sorry, she started leading Cisco as a result of that acquisition as a GM of um, Cisco's collaboration business. So WebEx calling was interesting because that didn't focus. It's the PBX cloud-based um, calling that's going to be added into WebEx teams. Um, big news, but didn't really focus on the keynote. It seemed like a missed opportunity. I just want to uh, reflect on what Tim just said about uh, Microsoft um, giving them credit for, for handing features and developing. I've been playing with all the different Teams applications, and man, they're putting a lot of cool stuff in Microsoft Teams. I, I don't know if I like it all or know how to use it all or, or, or I'm happy with the workflow yet. I'm still, you know, playing with and holding judgment, but there's a lot of cool stuff in there. I'm, I, I got to give them credit. Okay, and uh, um, uh, uh, I'll let some of you other gentlemen that were at um, Enterprise Connect talk about um, what I think was uh, one of the biggest, most uh, most uh, uh, correctly held, uh, exciting uh, logo and name change reveals at the show. Uh, most of the people who covered it have talked about, you know, the the launch of uh, of the Poly name combining Plantronics and Polycom. Rather than have me comment on that, do you guys want to just say a second about what what you know where it was everywhere and what your perception of it was? I think you took the opportunity given to you. Um, doing it the first day was really, really well thought out. Um, the fact that you couldn't pass a bench without seeing Polly, having your, your, your event that evening. I think um, the marketing team deserves kudos uh, for the way they rolled it out before anything got started. It was just prominent. And then it was the talk of the show. So then you couldn't miss an opportunity to talk about it. So whatever you think of the logo, whatever you think of the organizations, um, the marketing itself, I thought, was just just brilliant to do it the first day, and I was very very impressed by the whole rollout. It, it's the hats, I think. Definitely, that was the <laughs> the thing for me. That no, uh, you know, yeah, it was definitely as as uh, Mitchell said, it, it was a big moment in the the event. Uh, it was something that, that whenever I was going to, to meet with somebody, that was generally the first thing they wanted to talk about. You know, it's a bold move for for uh, the former Polycom Plantronics. Those are a lot of years of brand equity that kind of, you know, you're giving up um, as, as you move forward. So, you know, we'll see how it's received. I, as, a, as I suppose a competitor, co-opetitor, whatever we are, we're competitor, let's be honest, at Logitech with uh, Plantronics, Polycom. I still love you, Simon. You know that. Don't worry I, I know, Dave. <laughs> I know. I, I'll say two things. One, I think I, I personally quite like the name, not that anyone was asking, but I quite like the name. I think you did a nice job there. I do agree with Erwin that it, it, it's somewhat surprising at some level. Plantronics had a great name for, what, 50 years? Polycom had a great name for 30 years. They're, they're companies with long histories. That, those equities, those brands are worth a lot of money. So I think it was a brave move to change, and I think that that was uh, – I think it was an interesting move. I quite like the name, and I, I do think that having Plantronics and Polycom as separate brands was never going to be a long-term viable model anyway, so you had to do something. Uh, you know, we, we wish you all the best in it. Uh, us being successful doesn't mean you're not, and you being successful doesn't mean we're not. Uh, everyone can make money, so we're pleased with it. One thing I will say is they need slightly larger hats for you, Dave. That hat <laughs> sits at a jaunty angle, but not necessarily well on your head. Well, you know, the hat actually works really well if I wasn't wearing the headset. It's the headset that's blocking it from going down. <laughs> it looks like uh, a pork pie hat, Dave, but I, I will take one off you when you get the chance, because I would love to have a poly hat. More than happy to have a poly hat sent out to you and all the other uh, poly swag that's coming on. I have to just, get... No, just the hat, frankly. I don't need anything else. <laughs> I have to get the polo shirts made, you know, on the black shirts that I can wear for conferences. The next conference we're going to, of course, being Infocom. So, you know, we're, we're right at the point where we've uh, used up most of the time we have for this. Let me go around the horn and give everybody an opportunity to uh, give a final word and then let people know how to get in touch with you. And I'm going to do this in the order that it's written here um, on, the, uh, on the Blue Jeans. Thank you for letting us use your platform, Blue Jeans. So, David Maldo. Any final thoughts, and then how can people reach out to you if they want you? Well, just to appreciate being uh, a part of this. This was a lot of fun. It, it was a great show, uh, and I heard it was a successful show. You know, people say, is it worth going? Uh, and vendor, vendors and users, analysts, everyone was saying this, this one was worth going to. Um, you can find me at letsdovideo.com or on Twitter at letsdovideo. Thank you, Dave, and I agree with you. Aircraft, you know, since he's taken over the show, he's really done a remarkable job making it a very inclusive event. It's still more of an analyst-centric event than an end-user-centric event, but there are a lot of end-users. It was a really terrific show to go to this year. So, Irwin, you're next on the list. Your final thoughts, you know, how can people get you? 
Yeah, I think uh, you know one of the things we really didn't talk about that I spent a lot of time talking to folks about were the uh, the, the nitty gritty things. Nine one one was was one of the most popular sessions that I attended. I got to moderate that one for about the fifth straight year. Uh, we did a couple of sessions on compliance and security and governance, especially around team messaging. So uh, lots more um, than just the the cool you know new bells and whistles and toys. Uh, also the launch of Workplace. Connect, which is uh, happening in September, which is now the sister show to Enterprise Connect, which focuses on the evolving workplace. And the, I, I got to attend the pre-lock note session that covered uh, some of the, the details around that and everything from how do you, you know, improve collaboration in the open workspace, furniture, soundscaping, and so on. So uh, look forward to that as well. You can get in touch with me at uh, I am Lazar at Twitter is probably the best way, or uh, Nemertes is N-E-M-E-R-T-E-S dot com. Erwin, thank you. Good ideas. And yeah, the show does look interesting. Uh, Tim uh, Banting, I'll go to you next because I know that you've talked to me about it as well. Do we have a location or a date yet for, for that new show coming up later this year? We do, yeah. It's our, our umbrella company on Informers uh, event. And uh, as you rightly point out, it will be coming up in the fall in Dallas. Um, it's going to be a mix of IT buying centers, HR buying centers, and facilities managers because all three of those people are uh, uh, key stakeholders in sort of the AV world and, and conferencing and UC world. So it should be really interesting. I'm really looking forward to, to, to going to that event. It should be great. Um, yeah, if you want to reach out to me at T Banting on, uh, on Twitter, uh, reach out to Tim Banting on LinkedIn or www.ovum.com. Terrific, Tim. Thanks very much. Mitch, let's give you a shot. What are your thoughts? Thanks, David. First, sorry about the network challenges. I got the wall, the camera, and the lighting right. Didn't check with uh, with my carrier, but I am on an open, unsecured network now, so um, I won't give you my email address because I might be spamming people later. Um, M. Hershowitz uh, is my Twitter handle, probably the best way to reach me. What I really enjoyed, and I'll just stop with Poly and Logitech out of respect, were the, the, the headsets, the, the endpoints, the, the user experience devices I was able to see on the floor. You know, we talked a little bit about Team Collab earlier. We, 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 we talked, uh, whether you want to call it voice telephony or, or unified communications, but, but bringing it all together, the user experience, that was really a, a big focus, I felt, and, um, and I really thought that was shown well on the floor. And, to someone's point, um, the show was actually exciting to walk around again. It was kind of a lull the last couple of years, and I wasn't quite sure where it was headed. I felt like now I could bring a client there, I could walk around, really educate them on what's happening in the workplace, and I'm excited to hear what's going to happen at Workplace Connect as well. So thank you. Thank you, Mitch. Terrific. Um, uh, Mr. Dudley. Uh, thanks, Dave. As you know, many of you know, I couldn't make uh, Enterprise Connect in person this year due to the birth of my son, which I think is the best possible excuse for not making a show, but and I'm not planning on making again uh, for, for, for the wonderful event in your family's life. Thank you. Um, yes, we're, this is, this is definitely it. Um, we've got an 18 year old, a 17 year old and a five week old as of today. So, uh, we're pretty busy. Um, so I didn't go to the show this year. I'll be at every other show. Uh, funnily enough, Enterprise Connect should have been the most important show for me now because I've just taken over as well as sales enablement, I've taken over analyst relations for Logitech. So that's kind of interesting, and we're, we're going to look at what we do there. Uh, best way to get hold of me is probably through LinkedIn. I am on Twitter, but there's, Twitter's not my favorite, so LinkedIn is probably the best way of communicating with me. And uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. I always enjoy the banter and the what we learn on these Terrific. events. It's great fun. Okay. Mr. Albright, I'll give you the last word before I close it out. Well, thank you, sir, and thanks for for including me. Uh, you can uh, reach me uh, on the Twitters at TD Tim David Albright uh, or here at AV Nation. Terrific. Thanks very much. So I, I appreciate everybody joining. Of course, you can uh, just Google me is the best thing to do, David Danto or David J. Danto. I'm all over the interweb, so you have no problem reaching out to me. Um, uh, for the IMCCA, for AV Nation TV, I'm Dave Danto. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Connected, and we will see you uh, at the next trade show or on our next broadcast. Take care.